Uh, no, now. Now we are live here on the two-point conversion. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Senra. Joining me are two of my co-hosts. So uh, we've got Gladys. How are you doing, Gladys? Hanging in there. How are you, Kyle? Uh, glad to be here. Uh, super <laughs> spectacular Sunday. At least that's what Senra says. Uh, CFL football, Packers won. Hooray. All rejoiceful. Uh, there were no major injuries. Oh, yeah, there were a ton of major injuries. <laughs> Luckily, we have a doctor here, Dr. James Freddy, author of the uh, great injury book, uh, Injuries Suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. It's the TFS doc, the fantasy sports doc. How you doing, doc? Hi, guys. Uh, well, I'm here. Gladys is here. You're here, Kyle. And we have Discord Dan is here in spirit, <laughs> if not actually here. Show Street um, so extraordinaire, Dan. Show Street is still things. here. So thank you, Dan, for that. So it feels like in a way he kind of still is here. We may be joined by a special guest um, in, in a few minutes. We'll see if that comes through or not. Otherwise, it would just be the, uh, the three of us. But yeah, so Dan, we miss you. Hope you're doing well. Um, but we'll try to try to carry on our best without you. And I'll maybe throw in a few Dan impressions during the show. Uh, so they don't, So the audience doesn't miss you too much. I'm sure he'll appreciate that or not, or it'll give him something to rant about at the very least. So, hi, Gator. Are, are there are there any rants off the off the top? Um, I don't necessarily have a rant, but I, I did want to mention this just you know before we get into you know the the fun part of the show. And unfortunately, um, so one thing that. Uh, people might know not know about me is I actually trained in Virginia after medical school and my sister lives there, raised her family there. And the people that I met in Virginia, you know, they were always really good to me. And I feel a really close bond to the state and the people there. And I, I really was heartbroken to hear about the shooting at University of Virginia last night. Um, Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler and Deshaun Perry uh, were killed in an unfortunate uh, you know, shooting incident. So just wanted to mention them. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think I speak for everyone on the show and, and from going for two to say, you know, that we, we hope that they rest in peace and that our thoughts are with them, uh, their fans, their families, uh, their loved ones, and really the entire University of Virginia community. Thanks, Doc. Uh, very good words. Uh, you always know how to doctor them so well, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. it is related to football. It is related to sports, but it's... Uh, it's also the human side of it, right? These are human football players that we're relying on to score fantasy points. And unfortunately, when there's a tragic loss of life that affects any human, it affects us all. So thanks, yeah. Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Gator agrees with us as well. So um, now we get to the much less unfortunate, but still unfortunate injuries from certain players. So uh, while, while we're here, Doc, might as well talk about some of these uh, big injuries. So uh, quarterback, did anyone expect the quarterback matchup of John Walford and Colt McCoy to go any differently <laughs> than it did? Um, but be, I mean, frankly, I mean, Colt McCoy showed last year, you had to start, I think, what, four games for the Cardinals. And I believe he either went 500 or three and one. So not totally surprised that Colt McCoy got the win, but uh, I guess maybe start there with Kyler Murray. And I, th I think Colt McCoy suffered an injury too. So what's going on with the Cardinals quarterbacks? Yeah. The, the Colt McCoy thing that, that kind of just um, like, I was just reading about that now. So I really don't have a lot of details about like what his particular injury was. I know that, you know, they won the game and everything. Kyler Murray was one. It was kind of shaping up bad coming into week 10. He had some limited practices before he ultimately 
Um, they were like, it's looking like a game time decision, but apparently in the morning he was not moving around well and it just wasn't looking good. Um, so he misses Kyle, Kyler Murray misses week 10 and there's a wide kind of error bar for his hamstring injury. Um, even if it's just a grade one, it could be one week and he's back. Um, it could be multiple weeks and we've seen that play out several times this year. And we're going to talk about Keenan Allen later on, like he injured his hamstring in week two, it's week 10. And we, as for all intents and purposes, have not seen him back yet. So again, there's a wide range of, of things. So there's no guarantees he's ready for week 11. And the worst case, if he does push it is it could be like a Keenan Allen situation where he comes back and then he re-injures it and he's out for a few more weeks. And then they have a bye week in week 13. So, you know, it's still kind of up in the air. I think we really just got to see if he can practice this week and, you know, can he practice in full and, you know, how's it looking? And then the Colt McCoy thing, um, more details on that um, as it comes out, you know, just kind of be on the lookout for that. I don't even know who's next on the depth chart after Colt McCoy. Is it Trace McSorley, I believe? I think it is. I think you're right. <laughs> they, did, they did cut Chris Strebler. So, yeah, I think because uh, I believe McSorley was the backup to start the year when Colt McCoy started the season, either on PUP or injured reserve. So, I think they'd probably because uh, I think one of the moves today was the corresponding cut of Eno Benjamin, and without putting either Murray or Colt McCoy on injured reserve, they needed to make room off the practice squad, I believe, for Trace McSorley. So Eno Benjamin ended up being the uh, uh, the cut candidate there. Um, I suppose you know they're thinking they've got you know Connor on the active roster, Keontae Ingram, who I, I love, uh, obviously the Cardinals yeah. seem to like, and yeah. then Daryl Williams. Uh, I don't believe he's on the IR anymore, so he counts yeah, his spot. Back. And then, uh, there's also talk of Jonathan Ward being active before the end of the season off injured reserve. So they'll have four running backs there and definitely not room for a fifth. So, uh, you know, wow. Benjamin gone. Uh, we'll see if he uh, shows up anywhere. I think now this time of year, it's tough. Like we've seen like Zach Moss, for instance, head over to a new team at the Colts. And I think he's gotten zero touches in two weeks since he's been there. So that, yeah. I think that's a, for a guy like Benjamin, that'd be kind of a risk. Where like even the other side of that trade, Naeem Hines has done very little with the the Bills, and the Bills traded for Hines. They gave you know they shipped off Moss and the Colts. Like, okay, we'll take Moss back. Fills a body, but like the, the Bills targeted Hines, they still haven't given him much work. So, I think for all intents and purposes, Benjamin's probably a cut even in dynasty leagues. Uh, you know, uh, Rams or Eagles. Maybe, yeah, but I don't. I think those are crowded spots that I don't really think he's going to make big progress up. Like, and they know with the Rams, I mean, they're just bringing up Kyron Williams now. You think they'd, if they liked him so much to bring him up, you think they'd bring in Eno and then suddenly not give Kyron those opportunities? Yeah, I think you raise a valid point. And I think we see this a lot with players when they change teams. Like, that is not a small thing. Like, playbooks in the NFL, like saying they're complicated is understatement of the millennium. And, it takes a long time to absorb that. And it's not so much the plays like here's the ball, go run, you know, the daylight it's the blocking schemes and, and like where you need to be on the field, like when you're not getting the ball and, and you, we see this a lot with young players too, like coming out of college, like they may have the greatest skill set as far as running the ball. But if, you know, it's one of the things that holds players back, if you're not a good blocker and you are liable to miss an assignment and get your quarterback killed, the coach is not going to put you on the field. So that really becomes a, a rate limiting step in the reaction, so to speak. And it's not something that a lot of fantasy analysts really take into account because you look at the, you know, the spark scores and the, and the athletic numbers and the, and the stats and things like that. But 
stuff like that can hold you back from getting on the field. And if you're not on the field, you're not going to get the ball and you're not going to score points. And that's just kind of how it works. So even though they traded for Naeem Hines or if they were another team were to bring on Eno Benjamin, you know, he's got these other guys to leapfrog over, assuming there's no other injuries and things like that. But he's got to understand the playbook before he can even get on the field. And that takes time. And time is running out, as we know. We're getting close to down the stretch in playoff time and fantasy football season. So we just – a lot of teams don't have that luxury. Like, we're fighting for playoff spots. We can't really kind of let those things marinate for three or four weeks. We don't have that kind of time. I don't know. Yeah, do look, look at the title. It's week 10, right? Like, we're, we're closing yeah. in here. This um, is it. We're getting there. Of course, if you want to uh, join up and comment us on the video, uh, feel free to join us on the Going For Two Live YouTube channel. Uh, Twitch, Facebook. If you're on Twitter and you can see the video, uh, we unfortunately can't see your comments uh, in our, our feed. That uh, So uh, if you do want to interact with us, feel free to do so. You can also interact with us on the Discord, go for two, or discord.com slash going for two. And uh, yeah, there's tons of uh, great channels there. Doc's Injury Channel, for instance, where you'll just discuss a lot of things we'll talk about in these episodes. But uh, good point, Doc, about the, the pass protection. Because you, you think of like a third down back carving out a role. You think, okay, r- running routes, but sometimes the need to, to pass protect is what's going to prevent someone from getting on the field. And the one thing I, I remember hearing about, you know, Benjamin back when he was scouted, uh, you know, coming into the league was the, you know, the athleticism was there, good burst and speed, but the vision wasn't, you know, not mm. seeing the holes well or quick enough. So that's something that kind of needs to develop. And unfortunately he hasn't had too many reps. So that may be also a, th- a, th- a thing that a team sees, okay, good athlete, but as well as the vision. And, and you mentioned the comp, complexities of NFL offenses he may be someone who's already slow to learn offenses anyway or slow to kind of learn assignments so Gladys did you want to talk about the Cardinals at all I do not <laughs> all right perfect so we'll talk about their opponents the Rams Gladys you want to talk about the Rams at all <laughs> I do not I have to okay. pick up. That, that's good and I would like to know Doc yeah Matthew Stafford Cooper Pup yeah uh, okay. Both done. Would you like to sit them down for the season? Cause they're not going anywhere. I well, see, here's the thing. This is what we could talk about. So with Matthew Stafford, this one was kind of interesting. Cause this is like another post Tua like revelation. I think like last year, like none of this happens and he plays the game and it's like, you know, once the game is over, like nobody's looking for concussion symptoms anymore. They're just like, whatever, like this manifested itself. I think it was on Tuesday where they, they, Aired on the side of caution and they put him in the concussion protocol and there is milestones that you have to reach in order to get through the concussion protocol and be able to play. And it seemed like the writing was on the wall. Even if he went into the protocol on Tuesday, he wasn't, it was going to be unlikely he was going to have enough time to progress through the protocol to get to the game on Sunday and be cleared. And that's exactly what happened. He got to Saturday. He did, or he got to Friday. He was able to do a, a limited practice but you have to be able to practice in full before you can clear the protocol and they don't practice on Saturday. So even then it was like the writing was on the wall that he was going to miss. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Irrespective of that. I think now that once players go into the protocol, it was like a 50, 50 chance or something like that last year and in years past that you would make it through in under a week and be able to play in that week's game. I don't know if we've seen, it that much this year it seems much more like once you're in the protocol we can kind of expect you to miss at least that week's game and then maybe you come back the next week or maybe like hunter renfro ended up missing multiple games so there's still no guarantees that um that matt stafford will be back for next week 
uh, although it does look like he was trending in the right direction, and I think he's more likely to be okay for week 11. And they have a tough matchup. I think they play New Orleans. Um, <laughs> it's the lowest like, scoring over under right now. Uh, yeah. As the lines opened. Uh, yeah. But so Doc, he so, seems like the easier case. Cooper Cup is is the one that I think more well, people are going to. Or we even get to Cup. Can we quickly touch on Juju Smith Schuster knowing that's a concussion and just the quick yeah. comparison because that was suffered during this game? It's almost, what, like five days after Stafford. I'd imagine mm-hmm. Stafford is more likely to play in week 11 than Juju Smith-Schuster is. And for both, yeah. it's just to monitor practice reports through the week. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I, you know, I, I think with Juju Smith-Schuster, like that play looked bad too. Like Matt Stafford saying there wasn't any like inciting event where everybody was looking at it. He just during practice, like, right? Like no one really saw it or even yeah, if it right. happened during practice, right? Right. Whenever it happened, they just kind of, he's like, oh, I'm not feeling a little off or whatever. And they're like, all right, we'll put you in the concussion protocol. Everybody that was watching that game knows when Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, got his concussion. Um, So that looked pretty bad. But we pretty much know the deal by now, like we talked about. And we'll just see how he progresses. But almost assuredly, he's going to be out this week. And then it's week to week after that. So I say that's the way to play it, um, which is unfortunate because he had really been kind of coming on. And and he was a, a lightning rod for controversy in the fantasy community. It's like there were people that were all the way in. And there were people that were all the way out. There was a lot more people that were all the way out, but there were people that were, they were willing to kind of dip their toes into the water and, and give them another shot after leaving Pittsburgh and being with Kansas city. And he was having an up and down season, but he really was starting to be more consistent with his production. And now um, this throws a little bit of cold water on that. Did you uh, see the hit that Justin Herbert took in the night I, game? He, he took a few hits, but I didn't, uh, which he one took a helmet to helmet. He took a helmet to helmet hit, and they let him back in. Did he? Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, what's his face got thrown out of the game for for target. Oh, okay. But they're like, oh yeah, he's fine. He's all. Well, he I guess. I, I mean, I guess the thing is, is that he he passed his he passed his tests, and the spotters that were watching him, they didn't see anything they didn't like. So you know, we'll see. But I I, I think it's probably it's probably okay. I mean, it could end up being the same <laughs> thing. Anybody really in, in any football game could end up with symptoms on a Monday or a Tuesday after the game. It could happen to anybody. I mean, these guys are they're getting hit all the time. They're getting in a bunch of low speed car crashes for three hours straight. So any so one for of these those three players getting symptoms. Rams, Chiefs, Chargers monitor their practice reports through the week and see if you know what what Stafford, what Herbert and what Juju Smith Schuster happening on the injury reports but speaking of the rams we'll get you let you get to cooper cup here doc thanks yeah. for the interruption there yeah for sure so cooper cooper cup that was a tough one um and if you guys watch the play it's like he just his leg just got completely rolled up on and i think initially they were worried that he broke his ankle and um that was that was the good news is that it looks like he we don't have an official diagnosis yet um but it looks like he avoided a fracture and a dislocation of his ankle and he avoided an Achilles tear, which I think were the main injuries that would have been, that would have been it. Um, so that looks like that's off the table for now. Um, the thing to keep in mind is, is that he initially Cooper cup injured his ankle back in week eight and managed to play through it and really was fine. You know, in week nine, it was like nothing happened. And then he gets re-injured at the end of the game here. Um, so Best case scenario, it's a re-aggravation of a low ankle sprain that he had before, and maybe it costs him a couple of weeks. Um, worst case scenario, one of the worst case scenarios is we're dealing with a high ankle sprain, 
and you guys know the deal with that. We talk about it all the time, four to five weeks, and um, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, so just kind of stay tuned on that and and keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best. But I think it's reasonable to expect that he's going to be out at least a couple of weeks, and it could be a month or or maybe longer. And the thing is, is that the Rams do not look good at this point, and they're like they're circling the drain. So I, I mean, Cooper Cup, I think is going to push to play whenever he's ready to play, regardless of what the Rams' record looks like. But I mean, these are the Super Bowl champs, and they look like complete garbage, and they are a one or two more losses away from it just you know being a lost season for them. So I don't know what it's going to look like at that point. Is what he was- almost a Go ahead, go ahead. Chris. Go. Go. I was going to say, is he almost a drop in redraft? Or is that oh, too no, 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 no. You can't okay. drop him. You can't drop him at this point. You, gotta, you still have you heard confirmation it that it's for sure a high yeah. ankle You got you to ride it out until okay. until they shut him down because right. he's just too valuable of an asset. And, and he, you know, he's just too good. So it's like if he's going to play, like you want him. But the wins over replacement, there's like one or two receivers that match what he does. So yeah. if you have him, yeah. you keep him. Uh, yeah, Gladys, yeah. were you going to say anything? Doc, what did Waller play at all this season? Has he played at all before they put him on IR? Was he-, he played a little bit, like he was in and out, but Five that games. was one where he's yeah. Now that he's on IR, I, I I think he might be. This might be it. Like he what might be season? out for the year. Yeah, I don't know if okay. they're gonna bring him back. And it's the uh, same Raiders injury. Are, the Raiders are a complete dumpster fire. <laughs> Unlike all the <laughs> four games. He played four games. Or te- technically, he played a fifth game with the Chiefs. We didn't actually do anything, like no targets or anything. Uh, it's been yeah. a while since he's had any kind of productivity at all. Okay. Yeah, if it was that Monday night Chiefs game, that was week five. So yeah, yeah, he hasn't done he hasn't been on the field since week five. But you know who is here? As Gators mentioned, a special guest, and we're talking about the Rams being so awful. The exact opposite for the Vikings. And uh so Jared, the uh DFS Yeti here, the elusive Yeti finally making an appearance. Uh welcome to the two point conversion. How you doing? The elusive and silent Yeti. Yeah. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, I was a little bit behind the eight ball. I thought it started at 630 for some reason, but I'm here now. Um, Yeah, Vikings look really good, man. Finding ways to win. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Gator, I'm not going to drop cup. And yeah, the the, the Vikings (laughs) 8-1, so uh, doing well. And uh, yeah, the opposite of the Rams, of course. I guess the opposite of the Broncos, sort of. I mean, they kind of keep winning, but Jerry Judy also an ankle injury doc. So, what what's the severity kind of in relation to Cooper Cup? So this one's really interesting. So we talk about ankle injuries a lot, and usually when we're talking about ankles, whether it's a high ankle sprain, a low ankle sprain, it involves the ligaments that are on the sides of the ankle. Um, this one that they're talking about, they said it's not the Achilles, but it's actually in the back of the ankle. So it's one of the muscles that is injured that runs down the back of the ankle, which is just unusual as far as the location and and the structure. But for our purposes, um, you know, for those, those of you out there that have listened to the show, watched the show, um, you know, we talk about grade one, grade two, grade three injuries. Um, The timeframe for those pretty much stays the same. So if this ends up being a grade one injury, then there's a wide bar as far as like what it could be. But usually the timeframe is, zero to two to three weeks. So it is possible that he's back this week or next week. Um, so let's just see if he can practice this week, but it looks like 
it's not a high ankle sprain. It looks like it's not an Achilles injury. It looks like it's not something that is severe. So it's just going to be, you know, can he get out there? Can he practice? But it looks like there's a chance that he actually could play this week or next week. And it's not something that's going to be, be major. And you want to have a piece of paper? <laughs> you got to go back. You got to go back to episode one for that one, Gator. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, give us, give us the the views. Pop up the views. These on the guys have been giving. Week these one. guys have been giving me crap about that since I did it, but I stand by it. So for uh, those no, of you that don't know, well, no, I'm not giving you crap. About. It's not toilet paper. Yeah. Well, there you go. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, we did an audio visual demonstration using a Post-it note to describe grade one, grade two, and grade three injuries. We spare no expense on this show, by the way, but that is back in episode one of the uh, two-point conversion Monday night show. So go back and find that one. I think it's about 10 or 15 minutes in, and um, that'll be everything that you need to know about what the difference is between a grade one, a low grade two, a high grade two, and a grade three injury, and what does that mean in terms of what the structures look like. So I'll leave it at that. And if it's interesting, it really you're set interested up the season. in that, go back and find it. What, one of my dynasty teams um, would be perfect for you to manage, Doc. It's got Jonathan Taylor. It's got Jerry Judy. It's got Zach Ertz, all who I just picked up in the last couple of weeks making a playoff run. They, they need a doctor on that one. <laughs> well, at least it looks like Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's back, but yeah. Yeah, he, it didn't seem like he didn't suffer any re-aggravations. It seems like he's playing a lot and passing down, so... Wheels up for Jonathan Taylor the rest of the season. I know. Well, I think we get him in a couple weeks, or hopefully, if he's still healthy by that point. Uh, the Colts, and I think your Steelers, Gladys. So I want to talk to Gladys about this because we talked about this last week, and we talked about do you trade Jonathan Taylor? Do you not trade Jonathan Taylor? Um, so Gladys, you did not trade Jonathan Taylor, right? Right. And you played him this week, and it looked right. like things were good. Got twenty-two touches. 147 yards, touchdown, even threw in a couple of couple of catches. Um, so things look pretty good. So here's what I'm going to put out there because I don't want to completely backpedal and reverse myself. The idea last week was is that if somebody would give you Jonathan Taylor value, it wasn't like just get rid of him because he's going to be trash. It's like if somebody's going to give you the appropriate value for what you could get for Jonathan Taylor – I would still consider moving off of him. That's what I said last week. I'm still going to stick to that to a certain extent because here's the thing. I still see a lot of potential where things could go bad. With Cooper Cup, he had an ankle injury. He he didn't miss a week, and then he got re-injured, and now he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. That could happen with Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan is back, but he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He could get re-injured, and then you could be looking at Sam Erlinger at quarterback again. You know, Jed, uh, <laughs> Jeff Saturday being the coach, that's great. You beat the Raiders, but what happens when he has to face a real NFL team? Like, is it all going to work the same way that it worked this week? I don't know. So there's a lot of ways that this could still go bad. So if you wanted to disabuse yourself of Jonathan Taylor, your trade return probably went up. Because he, now he looks good. He's not coming off of like, oh, we don't know how he's going to be. Like, he looks great. So I guess all I'm saying is, is that if you were thinking about it last week and you couldn't get the value for it and you still, you know, are thinking about it, there's still risk there. There's still lots of ways that it could go bad, either re-injury or something else. So if you wanted to get off of Jonathan Taylor, then I think the price that you can get for him has gone up. If you don't, I totally understand. But, you know, it's a personal decision. So that like that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I want to get your opinion since you have him uh, on your team. 
are you just like i'm just ride or die with him at this point or, or are you like if somebody makes you the godfather offer now would you consider moving off of them um i, I think a lot of it depends on the offer but having said that uh saturday is an offensive lineman and i remember there was like a um something on the sideline of him Peyton, him yelling at Peyton, just run the fucking ball, just run the ball. And that's all they're gonna do. So I'm going to keep Taylor in there because he's okay. just going to run the ball. You know, that's that's what he knows, that's what he's doing. So um, uh, that situation can happen to any player. So yeah, yeah I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with him. I'm sticking with him unless some offers me like Mahomes and Kels, to, like you know, maybe, yeah. Sure. And, but, and I think this is contingent on someone has to come to you. You're not shopping him. You're not going to go lo- out looking for the offers. No, and especially not now. With, with Saturday is he's never coached in college. He's never coached in the NFL. Like he's trying to prove that he can even do this. So, you know, he's going to lean on his players. And like you said, he's an offensive lineman. So, you know, he wants to be run first. He's going to play to his strengths, which on that team is really Jonathan Taylor. And it, maybe, maybe Pittman, if, if, if Ryan can throw the ball at all, but you know, he, He's going to play to his strengths and he's going to try and, and get maybe not win this job, but at least put a resume together if he wants to be a coach. So doc, did you want to touch on Matt Ryan's shoulder injury at all? Do we, do we know many details? Uh, yeah, just going back a couple of weeks. It was, um, I believe it was a grade two AC joint injury. And I think he was out two or three weeks with that. And, you know, he looked, looked like he's okay. Like he looked like he's fine. The only thing is, is that, Again, with a grade two injury and the the AC joint, there was partial tears of the ligaments there. And when that really comes into play is if a guy gets – we've seen it before where a guy gets tackled and he lands on the ground or somebody lands on top of him, and that can make the injury worse or it can re-aggravate it. Um, and some of these players end up needing surgery in the offseason because it's just that much of a painful injury to deal with. So there's increased risk with him and Jonathan Taylor – at this point, but for now, you know, all we have is the here and now and week by week. So, you know, for next week, it looks like, as you said, wheels up and, and, you know, you take it from there, but for the teams that are going into the playoffs, if you're going to be counting on these guys, if you're going to be counting on Pittman, if you're going to be counting on the resurgence of Paris Campbell, I don't think Paris Campbell's viable if Matt Ryan's not the quarterback. So these are the things you got to take into account where it's not so much this week. Like I have a couple of teams I'm very fortunate that they're doing well. I'm not so much worried about weeks 12, 13, 14. I'm worried about weeks 15, 16, and 17 because that's when I'm trying to, you know, make some hay. So I don't know if it's going to hold together for six weeks. It may hold together for one or two weeks and then take it from there. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, if you're trying to win down the stretch, then that's, I think, more of a focus. But for the teams that are, like, looking a little bit further down the road because they've already clinched a playoff spot or they're looking really good, that's where I might want to diversify my portfolio a little bit because that's when things can get hairy um, three, four, five weeks from now. So Gladys, uh, there's a couple of running back injuries to touch on, but uh, I know Dan prepared questions for us and his question for you in the show sheet, we have to, you know, follow Dan's show sheet extraordinaire Uh, because the injuries to Khalil Herbert and Leonard Fournette, uh, are you more likely to try and trade for David Montgomery, assuming he's on more rosters or if Rashad White is available as a free agent, go pick him up without trading. Um, I should really start looking at the show sheets. That's like my first. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're uh, welcome, Dan. I, yeah. Um, I, no. The 
the answer is no. I, I, I would stick with Fournette's injury. Fournette was losing time. Question. Fournette was losing time before the injury happened. Like he, it was like becoming 60, 40, then it was going 50, 50. And Rashad White has always looked better than, or not always, but he has recently looked better than Fournette. So I have picked Fournette or Rashad White up earlier anyway. Nice. Um, but Khalil Herbert, I, he's, he's the better running back in that backfield. Like even with even with the injury, he's the better running back. And it depends on where my team is. If I think that I can wait out that injury, uh, I'm sticking with Khalil Herbert. Because, I mean, let's face it, Justin, Justin Fields is like the better running back in that back. But, <laughs> yes. I mean. Yeah, I he's a demigod now. Ridiculous. He's ridiculous. But so I would. You, yeah, you don't want to give up any assets for David Montgomery. Uh-uh, No. Okay. No, because I mean, so, is he going to take over for Justin Fields? Is, he gonna, is Justin Fields going? Oh, Khalil Herbert hurt, so you can run like hundred hundred of my seventy-two yards that I'm going to like <laughs> stop rushing for. No, so no, I wouldn't. And I guess Doc will get to the injury. So uh, I know with Fournette was a hip injury with Khalil yeah. Herbert. What was the nature of that injury? So we'll, we'll touch on uh, Uncle Lenny uh, Fournette first because we have a little so more suspense. clarity on that. Ooh. Yeah, well, he's suspense and also like we know what one is and we're <laughs> speculating on the other one. So with Fournette, it's something called a hip pointer, um, which mm. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. Just show it a hurts. hand. Does anybody know what an actual what it actually is? Are we supposed to point? On the panel. Like, does anybody know? <laughs> could you tell me what it actually is? You just like it's a hip injury. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's something to do okay. with the hip. I would All say right, good. when, when like the person says where does it hurt, they point their hip. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so real quick. So what it is, is it's a bone bruise to the the ridge of above the hip or to the hip itself, like the pointy part of the bone that sticks out of your hip bone or your femur. Um, and that's what a hip pointer is. So it's essentially, it's a bone bruise. And the return to play with these is often guided by the patient, uh, the patient, the, the player's pain tolerance and their mobility. Cause you can get swelling, you can get persistent pain. And if you come back too soon, then the fracture can get worse and things like that. And as we've talked about before, a bone bruise is actually, it's not like a soft tissue bruise where it's just an injury to the soft tissues. A bone bruise is actually an incomplete break of the bone. So it's actually a lot worse than a soft tissue bruise. But typically with these, we got about a one to three week timetable for return to play with the bye week with Fournette this week, very easily he could play in week 12. Um, but I think as Gladys was alluding to Rashad white is still worth a pickup and maybe some of the other owners, I, I can't believe that he's available. And like, they said like 74% of Yahoo leagues or something like that. Like, I assure you, none of the leagues that I am in, like Rashad white is not available for, has not been available for weeks. Like I've been looking and he is not there. So that, that big like, touchdown performance he had, I can't remember which game it was, but he scored a I touchdown guess. Leonard Fournette didn't. And then, yeah. I've been, I mean, I was like, I couldn't draft him. Like somebody, somebody snaked me in the draft. Like, and then it was like, he'd got dropped and somebody else picked him up immediately. That was weeks ago. So the point is, is that if other owners are lulled into a false sense of security that like, oh, Leonard Fournette's going to be fine. Like, uh, don't pick him up or whatever. What Gladys said is absolutely true. Like Rashad White should have a role regardless of whether Leonard Fournette plays or not. But if Uncle Lenny can't go or he gets re-injured, oh baby, like you could have potentially league-winning upside with Rashad White if he gets the feature role and the the Bucks really start playing to their capabilities. So 
I think he's definitely worth, you know, he's a priority add this week, even though he's on a buy, especially if you're one of those teams that has the roster space and is not like need to win, do or die every week. Like he's somebody he could really pay off come playoff time if if Uncle Lenny goes down. I think the one thing, I mean, I don't think White caught any passes last week, but David Montgomery, it seemed like early in the season, had that role. Even when Cleo Herbert was getting more yards on the ground, he would still be the pass catching back. It seems like that role has been reduced. And I, you know, when when the trade happened for Claypool, I initially thought this helps Fields, obviously gives him another weapon. I thought it helped would help Darnell Mooney in that it would draw attention away. Yeah. But maybe the way Claypool gets targets, uh, it's a lot of manufactured targets for him underneath stuff maybe it's the where the running back would catch passes is where Claypool so I wonder if Claypool's presence maybe hurts Montgomery more than anyone on that team it seems like it hasn't hurt Colcomet at all I saw stats today where Claypool ran the fifth most routes last week or yesterday or Sunday oh my god I don't even know what day it is so he he was behind running backs he was behind running backs and and I don't know if it was just a one game thing or he is not picking up the playbook as quickly as he should yeah but he, he was behind montgomery in route running last yesterday oh, anyway all to say i think i agree with you like on the go try and get white as opposed to trade for montgomery but uh yeti you were gonna say something um yeah and, and another a key point with fournette is he was used really heavily in the beginning of the season um so <laughs> you know he's got a lot of wear and tear on his body as it is he does. Uh, you, might, you might see him be healthy and 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 just resting, e- even though they're in the the swing of trying to make the playoffs. Like he was getting thirty touches a game for the majority of the first half of the season. You know, I think that's something to keep in mind with an older guy. Like, well, he's not that old, but <laughs> second contract. Has to look yeah. Contract, yeah, yeah, uh, playoff, yeah it, and, and playoff Lenny. Like that's a thing. You know, like they they ride him in the playoffs. Like that's, that's what he's there for. So it makes a lot of sense that they would want to give him some rest and, and get Rashad white involved, regardless of whether he's healthy or not. Um, just to kind of make it more of like a 50, 50, almost like a, a Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott went healthy type of backfield, as opposed to, you know, one a and B, um, you know, the, or one and two, it's more like one a and one B. Speaking of which, what is up with Zeke, man? Not that well, I care because I have Tony Pollard. So, but what's up with well, Zeke? You're uh, so so you're you're happy with the way things are. No, things are I'm never happy. Out. Someone's hurt. But no, I know that. But um, such a good person, Gladys. I love you. So <laughs> the thing the thing with Zeke is nothing's really changed, and and as you guys know, he has a grade two injury to one of the ligaments in his knee. So he's got a partial tear of his of his MCL, which is on the inside part of your knee. It's one of the stabilizing ligaments. So Zeke is like Iron Man. Like if anybody was going to come back and on the shorter time of the time frame, then he would be the one, one of the players that I think would do it. Um, but now he's kind of at the appropriate point where we would expect somebody that has a grade two injury to realistically start to come back. So he missed weeks eight and nine, uh, or sorry, he missed week eight. He had a bye week nine and he, he's missed uh, week 10. So now we're getting to the four-week time frame, which is right around the earliest portion of where you could realistically expect somebody to come back from a grade two injury. Um, so I don't know how it's going to play out, but I know that like they're pushing to get him back. They want him back, um, but he's still at an increased risk of re-injury and a setback could knock him out for three or four weeks. Oh my God, Zeke has frozen the dock. 
Yeah, knocked Doc out. Uh oh. You back <laughs> And he's back. My back. <laughs> yeah. And he's back. All right. Sorry. What's a and I'm gone again. <laughs> no, you're good. We can hear you. Okay. Um, got you. So what was the last thing that you heard? That you well, weren't sure. that it might like the injury might knock him out for a couple weeks. Yeah, a re-injury with Zeke's injury, if they bring him back too soon, could knock him out for another three or four weeks. So like it's still really tenuous at this point. And they're being smart by holding him out, but I know that he's pushing to get back in. I know Jerry Jones wants him back in. Um, and what's the rush? Pollard's pretty damn good. I, you know, it's like, <laughs> who's, who's game? I was going to say they're winning, game, but I guess you know? they didn't last week. <laughs> they, they Zeke's a gamer and they're paying him a lot of money. They, they want him out there. And, and he is, he's still good. Like, he's still a good player. Like, he, like everybody who's been throwing dirt. I mean, I'm a Zeke apologist, so yeah, forgive me. But, People have been throwing dirt on Zeke since last year. And it's just like he refuses to go gentle into that good night. And um, <laughs> you really got to respect that. But, I mean, when he plays, he produces. He's not like Zeke from four years ago. But he gets, you know, he gets points. He gets production. And, um, like, that that has value for that team. And, you know, when he's out, then Tony Pollard is a beast, of course. But, um that's that's kind of where they're at. So we just got to – the short answer is with him, we got to watch practice reports and and just see if he's going to play. If it's not this week, then maybe next week or the week after. But it's really week to week. Um, but I know that he's pushing to play, and he really is somebody that, like – you know, he played through a partially torn ligament in his knee last year for two-thirds of the year and still finished as an RB1. So, like, nothing with him surprises me. And I think – so the one – Thing with is when Zeke gets back though we've, we've seen the efficiency maybe not quite be there you know descending almost every season of his career is it something where even once he's back like I know and you know you can check going for two.com for the rankings for everyone uh there's a bunch of us writers that do weekly rankings I'd probably still have Pollard ranked ahead of Zeke once he's back and it would take a few weeks to, of Zeke showing he's very clearly getting much more work than Pollard to justify having him ranked ahead so that'll also be there where he may, he may not be an automatic start in lineups his first week back either. Yeah, that that's a good point. Uh, I I think it's one of those where maybe you want to see him perform for a week and make sure he doesn't tweak it in game and kind of do like a Keenan Allen deal from whatever it was week five or six where he or whatever it was he came back for one week didn't really do much and then he was back to being out and we haven't seen him since. Well, speaking of Keenan Allen, let's talk Chargers. We've got Keenan Allen, got Mike Williams. I saw a report that they're both expected to practice this week. Now, Keenan Allen's been active in games and practice and gotten re-injured. So I like I don't know that that's necessarily like fantastic news. So obviously you'd rather than practice than not practice, but I, I don't think it's we're not all clear yet from either of those two. But also Gerald Everett's injured. So Doc, you can talk about all yeah. three. Chargers yeah, we'll, receivers. We'll, we'll hit them all real quick. So with Keenan Allen, like Keenan Allen's coming back like Christmas is coming. You know, like it's like I'll believe it when I see it. Like he got hurt in week two, and essentially, except for, except for that one game where he came in and he was kind of tenuous, and you know, people weren't even sure whether they should start him. He got hurt, and then he was out again. Um, I don't think you can trust him until he's been out there for a week and he comes through unscathed, kind of like what we saw with Dalton Schultz a few weeks ago where it was like, I'm not putting him out there until he gives me a game and he comes through on skate yeah, and he did. Now it's been three weeks with Dalton yeah, Schultz. We can trust him as a top Yeah, 10 now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I think I said last week, I'm like, I'm ready to be hurt again by Dalton Schultz. And he's so far so good. Um, but being able to practice is a good first step. So we're rooting for that. And until he can do that, it's really hard to be hopeful that he's close to coming back. 
Mike Williams, different injury, high ankle sprain. We kind of know the deal. Um, so around week eight, uh, sorry, around week 12 was what seemed like a reasonable guesstimate. Um, he certainly could miss more time than that. And again, the sooner he comes back, the harder it's going to be able to trust that he's fully healed. Um, so, you know, week 11 is pushing it, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, it's, it's there, but you know, are there going to be limitations? Is it going to be one of those deals where he's a decoy half the time or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's going to be tough to, um, to, to really trust it. Um, but would you, you trust Mike Williams more because we haven't seen him come back from an injury, get re-aggravated yeah. because it's just been, he's played now he's been hurt and he hasn't played. We'd be yeah. more likely to trust him. Yeah. Short answer is yes. I trust Mike. If Mike Williams, if my choices are Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, I play Mike Williams and okay, whatever you know, happens, happens, but I'll take Williams, my the ankle injury, the high ankle sprain. It's been, what, has it been a full what's that? Would it have been a full month if he plays week 11? Uh, that is a really good question. I think we're right there. It's either going to be three or four weeks. I was um, thinking three weeks. So yeah, I think that, that's, it'd be close. So while I'm looking that up, we can talk about, um, Everett, we can talk about Everett. So Everett, uh, we really don't know a whole lot about what's going on there. It's, he's got a groin injury. Um, it's going to be a question of, do they get imaging? Do they get an MRI to see if it's, you know, if it's bad or is he able to practice at all? And, you know, for right now, it's like it could be nothing or it could be like a Nico Collins type thing where he ends up missing a couple of weeks and we just don't know. So the answer with Mike Williams is he had a bye week, week eight. He missed weeks nine and 10. So 11 would be four weeks off, but three missed games. So he's right. He's right there. Like it's pushing it, but he's right there. So it would not be outside the realm of possibility if he played week 11, but I think week 12 is probably more realistic, but we'll see. We'll see if he can get back on the practice field and do some stuff. Um, and if he can, you know, I and he's playing, I would run him out there. And one last tight end to talk about is Zach Ertz. Seems yeah. like that's a pretty easy, straightforward one, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a pretty short story. It looked like he was going to be out for multiple weeks regardless, but they thought that maybe he would be okay. Um, looks like he's out for the year. He is getting a second opinion, but I think it's unlikely that they're going to say anything different. Um, so it looks like he's done for the year, regardless of what the actual injury is. Um, so Trey McBride, I mean, he's, he's interesting. Like it's, it's been a wasteland at tight end this year. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think it depends on, you know, what, and you tell me what you guys think, like how desperate you are for a tight end. Um, you know, whether that moves the needle for you or not, or what, what your league format looks like, but. I mean, he's certainly an athletic guy, and he's, he's looked interesting, but I don't know. What do you guys think? If you're a Kyle Pitts owner, you play Trey McBride or Kyle <laughs> Pitts next week. I don't know if that's I, right. I think that's got to be Kyle Pitts, but what a world we live in, right? Yeah, drink to that, right, everyone? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think you'd have to be pretty desperate. Like, to me, Robert Tunyon's been pretty disappointing with all the injuries of receiver. I'd expect him to get more targets. I'd probably still run Tunyon again one more time on Thursday before, uh, rather than, you know, wait, wait it out and see with McBride. So, and I think I'm pretty low on Tunyon. Like he might not, I think he might be just at the back end of the top 20 this week, the rankings. So I think McBride might be a top 25 option. He might be a low end tight end too. I don't know that you ever really want to start them. So I would probably give it a week. Uh, I think you'd have to be like absolutely desperate. Like, I mean, you could wait now and see if Harrison Bryant's still starting and David Njoku's not back. I'd probably rather trust Harrison Bryant for a week than McBride. 
And with the Cardinals, is they have pretty good wide receivers in in Moore and and Hopkins, and I don't know when Hollywood's coming back, but or if he's coming back, but you know, I mean, I don't see them forcing forcing throws to McBride when they have very viable other options to throw the ball to. Uh, sorry, so Thursday night injuries. Uh, Dan uh, prepared us again on the show sheet. Uh, Tennessee, no issues. Green Bay, all they have is issues. They're one big <laughs> issue. Kyle. Dash mom spaghetti time, which I suppose <laughs> I'm supposed to like have a rant where I lose is myself. That a 12, is that a 12 mile reference? Uh, <laughs> something like that. I am a Detroit Red Wings fan, so I think that's close enough. Uh, but okay. uh, I mean, I just hope the Packers don't lose. I mean, they didn't lose this time. So um, shockingly, funny enough, Mike McCarthy, by being too aggressive and not conservative enough, probably cost him t- his team and uh, got them a loss. So that that that's hilarious. So thank, thanks, Mike McCarthy. Um <laughs> We'll see if they can handle Derrick Henry. To be fair, even when like the offense is better and the defense might not have been as good for the Packers, they were able to kind of bottle up Derrick Henry. Last couple seasons, they faced him, and he hasn't had like like what he did against the Texans, where he ran for 200 yards again. <laughs> like It hasn't been that. So I'm confident, actually, that they could get away. I know that the odds makers had them as a two-and-a-half-point home favorites to start the week. Uh, I know there's a few strange lines. Like, Yeti, I don't know if you noticed – the disrespect they're giving your Vikings at home against the Cowboys who just lost to the Packers who lost five in a row. And they're giving the Cowboys that I think was a two and a half point favorites. I don't know if you want yeah. to rant on that. You can use I, 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 if you want. I saw it at two, but I, th- I think it's down to one already, but <laughs> Dallas is a good team. A few hours. You know, they're, I mean, we call a spade a spade. They're, I mean, they're a good team. I don't, I don't know that they should be favored in our house, but they're a good team. I mean, they're just as talented as we are. Their defense is a hell of a lot better. It might not have looked like it on Sunday, but their defense is pretty pretty damn good. Well, you're playing the juggernaut Packers offense. Of course, you're going to look at a massive eye roll there. We'll see if they can keep it going forward. But uh, we'll, we'll keep moving forward. Uh, we'll talk about uh, – you know, we're talking about lines right now and over-unders and, and things like that. But we'll we'll put that aside. Technically, we will be talking about underdogs. And uh, if you want to join up on Underdog, use the promo code GF2. We'll give you a 100% deposit match up to $100. So uh, make sure to use that uh, GF2 promo code, capital G, capital F, the number two. We are going for two after all. It says it right on the hat. It's the answer to the test every week. Um, (laughs) Well, maybe maybe I won't wear the hat next week. Who knows? More intrigue and surprise. But uh, I guess uh, not so shocking that the Eagles, who haven't lost yet, are massive favorites here at home uh so oops i forgot to set up the uh little graphic but it's uh, well, while, while you're uh while you're doing that i can just uh rapid fire a couple that we we didn't oh, touch on sure um, of course. so real quick uh, and i know this is gladys's favorite part of the show so real quick josh allen um with his elbow injury put the fear of god into everyone as far as did he tear his own collateral ligament is he going to be out well it turns out i was much ado about nothing managed to make it out there looked okay even if not up to his usual standards the real issue with this is this isn't a pain tolerance thing this is a performance issue like if you tear your ulnar collateral ligament like you physically are going to be compromised throwing the ball so this is not something you can just rub some dirt on it and gut it out like if this was really injured he wasn't going to be able to perform so the fact that he was able to get out there and do it even if he wasn't up to his usual standards so far so good so a lot of optimism there that he kind of made it through this without any serious issue and should be fine going forward Khalil Herbert, I don't know if we ever circle back onto what the actual injury is. We know it's a hip injury, but the question is, is it more like Uncle Lenny and a hip pointer type deal? 
where it's just a bone bruise or is it worse like a Jamar Chase thing where he's, you know, dealing with something? Did he tear the cartilage? Is it an incomplete fracture? We don't really know. So the details are sketchy at this point. So he's a hold for now. Obviously, if you have Monty, you're holding him. Uh, Tristan Ebner is really a deep spec play at best. So it's probably not actionable for anybody until we know more. So just be on the lookout for updates with that. DeAndre Swift, same story as it's been. Um, my worry with him is that this is what he's going to be for the rest of the year until they potentially lose a few more games and decide to shut him down completely. Like he had 10 touches in week eight. He had five touches in week nine. He had seven touches in week 10. Now, granted, he scored a touchdown, but this could be it. Like this could be DeAndre Swift for the rest of the year. So you really have to kind of take that into account. And this may be all, all you get. The actionable thing is Justin Jackson is still getting touches. So if something happens to Jamal Williams, he may be the one that gets elevated to the top running back spot. And we've seen him flash before in limited opportunities, fresh legs down the stretch for a team that's got nothing to play for. He could be really valuable just like he was last year when Austin Eckler got hurt. So something to keep in mind. Um, Moving down the line, Russell Gage with his hamstring injury. He's missed three weeks up to this point, almost certainly behind Julio Jones, even when he does come back. So not really, you know, somebody, you know, he's probably droppable at this point if you're still holding on to him. Corey Davis with the Jets, MCL sprain, probably back uh, for week 11 if he can practice this week. Romeo Dubs with a high ankle sprain. That might push his timetable out even further because it's Christian Watson season. So shout out to Zach Pulowski for Christian Watson and all the Christian Watson love he's been uh, putting out there. Um, finally paying off with his three touchdown performance this week. So if he's still available, he's somebody to go uh, take a hard look at. Jamar Chase, we touched on a little bit. Again, he's dealing with an incomplete break in his hip and a torn labrum. He's still on crutches. So this whole thing about like he's going to be back on the short end of the time frame, I'm not so sure. And there's a risk that he has a complete break if he comes back too soon. His labrum can hurt him all year. So this could really easily go from bad to worse. So I'm really not out of the woods here at all with Jamar Chase. So Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins could still have immense value with that offense um, you know, going forward. And David Njoku, we talked about him a little bit. This is really a lesson in taking player self-evaluation with a grain of salt. Like he said he was going to play and nah. Like the initial estimation was expecting to be out a month. It hasn't been a month yet. So if he comes back sooner, expecting to be limited at best. He's only been out three weeks after missing week 10. Let's see if he can practice this week before we even start penciling him in the lineups. And then Daniel Bellinger with his broken eye socket. The expectation was for him to miss multiple weeks. Maybe we're looking at week 12, 13. Um, you know, there is potentially some concern of like, how's his eyesight going to be when he comes back, but the giants are looking good. So he could still have some value for teams down the stretch in the barren wasteland that is tight end and scene. But first off cups, x-rays came back negative and I'm not, I, I'm good. I think I could even answer this for doc. So that confirms what we were saying. The x-ray will show that there's a, if there's a fracture or not. So I right. know that there's no broken ankle. So it's not immediately season ending, but what is feared is a high ankle sprain. And yeah, as Gladys is showing, you if you want to understand the difference, uh, check out that book. Injuries suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. By our gracious co-host, the fantasy sports doc, Dr. James Freddie. So, I wanted yeah. to tell you guys, I, I, I know I alluded to it on a couple of weeks ago, but the audio book is going to be coming out in the new year. So I learned something because I'm old, is that people don't actually read books anymore. Like they just don't. So who's doing the audio? 
Is that you? What better way? Well, we're we're talking about that, but the early the early uh, discussion sure. was is that I should narrate it myself because who knows the material better than I do. Um, um, you should narrate it in Discord Dan's voice. Yes. I would buy, I that would buy instant that. Bestsell, instant New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and Dan would have to hear it in New York. Pointer is when you have an incomplete fracture of the femur bone with a buildup of fluid, and it can affect the player's mobility. Anyway, the voice sounds uh, so fluid. That, that that's a little. Surely that's he's a little not be the same, mates. <laughs> think, think about it as like two or three hours worth of injury podcast that you could listen to. And it's not just going to help you for one week. It's going to help you for the rest of your fantasy career. So that is something that we can uh, look forward to in the new year. But um, for now, we have the print version and the e-version, if you're into that sort of thing. And no yeah, Dan, wants, Dan wants royalties. I'll tell you what. For all the Giants rants that I had to listen to from him this year, he owes me money, okay? So <laughs> that that's what I got to say I mean, about are, him and his royalties. They're, they're still, what, the, the worst 6-2 and two team ever or, or whatever they're at now? Um, anyway, so I do want to answer Buddy's question here. Yes, so are you high question. on James Conner with the releasing of Eno Benjamin? I have a really quick answer to this. I don't know if everyone wants me to go first or go last. Go first. So James Conner was my most rostered running back in fantasy across the board. And the only players I had more shares of this year were Deontay Johnson and Tyler Boyd. So kind of benefit to the Jamar Chase injury there. Dude, Michael Hasty is going to be so hurt to hear that. Uh, at one point, Hasty was my most rostered dynasty running back, but I uh, also, as much as I had a bunch of dynasty shares of Connor, also took him a bunch of me draft leagues. So I've been high on Connor the whole time. To me, Eno Benjamin's presence hasn't changed that. Um, so I would say this doesn't affect that. I'm just, I've been kind of above market on James Connor all season anyway. So remains that for me. So that's an easy answer for me. I, I assume everyone here is was not as high on Connor as me anyway going into the season. So maybe a more measured, average, not weirdo response. Uh, anyone feel free to, to chime in then. Gladys? Yeti? Uh, I, yes. The answer is yes. I mean, the answer is, the answer is yes. Um, do I like him a lot as a running back? No, because I like, I like the way that they move the ball through the air with Kyler Murray and those receivers. But to me, he's like, he's like having a Najee Harris, but in a good offense, like he's going to get all the workload. He's going to, because I mean, Najee Harris is, it can still be a good player. He's just in a terrible offense, you know? So it's like the opposite now, you know, like he's, he's a guy that's going to touch every time there's a running play, it's going to be him. It's not going to be, you know, use check or some random backup, you know, it's, it, he's going to get the ball. So there, if you expect their offense to be good, like, I mean, I still expect their offense to be pretty good. I mean, you have to like Connor a little bit. Yeah, short answer for me. I'm I'm still high on him. Um, I, I love James Connor as the player. The thing with him is like he is definitely a player that has a higher than normal injury risk. So he's somebody like you have to cover your bases with him. Like you can't just go into the playoffs and be like James Connor's going to carry me to the finish line because he might not. So you got to cover your bases. Um, and speaking of Najee Harris, I wanted to touch on this real quick. Sure. This hasn't really been played played uh, a lot or, or talked about a lot, but remember that whole Liz Frank thing in the beginning of the year? Um, oh yeah, look at that! Like, and then he's like not performing that well, and you can get surgery or you can play in the pre the third game of the preseason. There's right. really no exactly. in between, right? Exactly. So I would not be surprised if it comes out at the end of the year that he was gunning it out through the whole year with a sprained Liz Frank ligament, and that's why he kind of, you know, in addition to the line being not good he hasn't looked as explosive or whatever 
So that's the bad news. The good news is, is if that's what it turns out to be, then the Najee Harris of last year should be back next year. And it'll kind like of like how Travis came back like from a much more severe exactly. Liz Frank injury. And exactly. looks like he's back to better than before, in fact. Exactly. Better than so what we were hoping. If you're in on if you were in on Najee Harris last year, this doesn't mean that he's like descending down, you know, a downward spiral to hell. Like it just, could just be an off year. <laughs> he got hurt and he's back next year and he's Najee Harris again. And it's a good great news. Low opportunity. Sorry, Doc. Good news for the Steelers. But uh, yeah, I think for, for James Conner now, I think what this changes with Eno Benjamin being released is the, the handcuff to have is probably Daryl Williams for the year, for redraft anyway. For Dynasty, you so, not Keontae need... Ingram? You see, I love Keontae Ingram, but the one game that Daryl Williams came back from injured reserve, they barely used him, but Keontae Ingram got a complete zero. Like He was mm. very clearly the fourth guy. And now maybe he's very clearly the third guy if they're all healthy. Um, and even Jonathan Ward might complicate it. If Daryl Williams, though, if he's still hurt next week, Ingram, I think, might be an interesting pickup still, though. So, yeah. yeah, I think he'd be the guy I'd want to rather – I'd rather have in Dynasty. But if it's a redraft league, I think I'd rather have Daryl Williams. Interesting. So, okay. Now, I think – is is Williams on IR, though? So, if, if that's the case – I don't believe he is now. I know okay. he was, but I don't believe he Okay, is right so he's now. been activated off IR. So, now it's just, is he going to play next week or not? So, that'd be something to monitor. But I think, yeah, I think I'd rather Williams in redraft. Ingram in Dynasty is how I'd go about it. Oh, no, he was uh, – I, I take that back. He was put on injury reserve on November 2nd, so he's going to be on there until early December. Okay, so never mind. I think, okay, Keontae Ingram is probably the guy then. I, I think Jonathan Ward might also be active, but uh, I, I really love Keontae Ingram, so he's the guy then. Okay. All right, yeah, uh, steel boot. But uh, we'll, we'll kick to the injury reports. I know uh, – Jay, uh, yeah, Gator Jay really wants us to help him win money. So let's get to the props. Uh, so yeah, NFC North or East battle. Sorry, Jared, I was thinking NFC North for some reason. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Commanders at Eagles. It's a forty-three and a half on the pro- projection for the higher lower, and the Eagles are currently favored by ten and a half. Uh, let's keep this one easy. All five of us, because Yeti, you also included bets, and Dan made his bets as well. Uh, all all of us took Washington. The, the really? spread is just too big, right? Wow, okay. Well, so here's the thing, Kyle. This spread started at three and got bet up to 11. So if if the Eagles come out and roll in this game, Vegas is going to get had pretty good um, because everybody and their mother is betting on the Eagles to cover this spread. And I was shocked when I saw that. I'm surprised it started out so low and it, and it got this big as well. So the time to do it would have been immediately. And now, right. now by this point, it's almost better to bet on Washington if you're betting this late. Mm-hmm. And we, we obviously all agreed that. Yeah. Well. So that was, that's it's, a- it's, you know, it's a divisional game. And it's, I mean, it got all the way up to 11. It's come down a little bit now. I think people kind of jumped and saw that 11 mark and said, nah, that's too many points. And that's kind of why we all agree. I think it's just, it's too many points. I mean, the Eagles have looked phenomenal. Washington has looked bad. Um in my eyes, but like they hang in games and I, I think it stays under double digits. It's funny because there's, I, I just look it back. Uh, there's only one time all season where all of us have picked the same pick against the spread. Uh, and it was funny because that was also a double digit uh, 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 spread in, in terms of that. And we all picked Buffalo as 10 point favorites against the Titans. They smashed that. So we all got that one, right? So now it's funny that we, the next time that big spread comes up, we're picking the underdog, but we all did it together. So 
Uh, we'll see how it goes. So again, the only other time you've all been in unison, it, it paid off. So that must be saying something, right, folks? <laughs> uh, Gladys, did you uh, have any thoughts on why why you picked uh, commanders that you want to share? Uh, no, I picked them because it, that's It's for a divisional game. That's just too many points. It's too many points. I, and actually, when I saw it, it was eleven and a half. So it's come yeah. down a point. And Yeti, I liked your point of saying they hang around. It seems like the one thing with the Eagles is really good first halves, but they they kind of they they like their run heavy approach, and they won't necessarily run teams that run the scoreboard up. So I think Washington does it well enough to keep it close enough. I think so. Um, now all of us took the higher, I believe, or, or sorry, uh, no, Gladys, I took the higher and the other, and, uh, Doc and Yeti both took the lower on the 43 and a half. Um, and I guess to me, my, my thinking with the higher was the Eagles can almost get most of the, it themselves and Washington just, uh, well, I think they may not be able to run really well. I think Heineke can get them in position to score enough points to help get that higher. Uh, so That's Gladys, why I don't know if you... That's why I took the lower because if they do hang around in this game, or at least within double digits, I, I just don't see them scoring a ton of points. The Eagles' defense is still pretty good. Um, there's not a lot of talent on Washington. I'm kind of interested to see how they move the ball tonight. They have, you know, two average at best running backs. They have one decent wide receiver, but Slay is going to be on him for the most part. And you're asking kind of a lot out of Logan Thomas to keep this game close. So that's kind of one of those players that um, if you're filling out your rosters that I was high on um, it for a single game tonight anyways. Um, so Gladys, Doc, either of you want to chime in? I know Gladys, you, you're with me on the higher, Doc on the lower. Either of you want to? Uh, just comment. something as far as like the players, I think Jahan Dotson is going to be back for this game. So yeah. um, not that that has anything to do with anything, but um, as far as like them moving the ball, at least they're getting, you know, they're getting that weapon back. Um, and JD McKissick is going to be out, um, which goes to, you know, the other, the other prop as far as, uh, as well, far as Gibson. Perfect transition. So let's get to our prop lines and Gladys and doc, you both took Antonio Gibson props and they're both, uh, receiving props for him so Gladys you and you're both taking higher so you're both thinking that Gibson especially his pass catching role again we we think the the Eagles will be a big they'll need to pass the ball so throw to your talented pass catching running back Uh, Gladys you've got Gibson at higher than three and a half receptions and Doc you have Gibson at higher than 23 and a half receiving yards so if anyone were to like parlay bets that would be a good correlational (laughs) thing right if but no but but in in all seriousness that's kind of how you maybe want to you know focus the bets on on one result if he's going to hit over on the receptions he's probably hitting over on the receiving yards it'd be tough to do one not the other it's possible but in all likelihood both will it'll either be both hit or or neither hit right um i think they'll both hit i mean with mckissick out gibson has been getting more targets um he's actually surpassed robinson so three and a half seemed really low in a game where they're going to be playing from behind um and they're going to need to rely on short dump off passes because like um jared said slay will most likely be on or shadow to scary terry and it leads curtis samuel i love that dog whose dog is that that's mine he's so loud <laughs> my, my wife just got home and he it doesn't matter who it is if somebody's home he's got bark. Uh, oh, <laughs> i love him um so yeah i i just thought and duck had already taken the receiving yards or i would have taken that one 
maybe you, you know, there's no there's no like lockout where you can't take yeah the there is thing. doc i'm gonna oh, take the same it? thing you take you can take That's the same crazy thing. doc and i it was a receiving yard prop too uh, on stefan diggs we both took the one week yeah we so both took it that baby and, spills week and kyle kyle knows uh you know i i really have been a fan of uh, gibson's talent um and i i don't know i think he's kind of gotten railroaded in washington a little bit so i couldn't pass up the opportunity to take a gibson prop and and be like all right you know show show these guys that you're not you know washed up at 24 you know like it's like you can still play in this league especially with mckissick out it's just like repay my faith in you gibby so we'll I'll give my quick pitch. My laptop's about to die, and I better go check out my wife's new car that she got. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> I, I like the under on Quez Watkins. Um, it's 12 and a half receiving yards. There's multiple games where this dude hasn't even had a catch. Um, he either gets three catches for 60 yards, or he gets like one target on a screen, and he doesn't catch it. So um, I'm basically saying that Quez Watkins isn't going to catch a ball tonight. But if you want an interesting side note to that, there is a good rivals prop that I actually like a little bit better than even Quez Watkins is under, and it's versus Logan Thomas. Um, Logan Thomas needs to have six more yards than Quez Watkins. I think that's a really sharp look um, in tonight's game. Nice. Yeah, we've done a couple of rivals uh, throughout the year. Uh, it's funny. I think we've only done it twice. Dan and I have each done it once, and we both hit on them. So not, I, I I was maybe considering doing it, but then to me, I, I saw the one line, and, and I, I did some research. Um, and it's funny because I'm going to go back-to-back weeks. Uh, see ya, Yeti. Uh, Yeti's uh, going out and hiding back into the wilderness. Yeah, he's out so. back into the wilderness for Yeti. He's gone. <laughs> Show start like yet? That. Yes, Dan. We we just started. Uh, we're starting right now, and it's four minutes to kick off. So we got to get everything in right now. But uh, the idea is, uh, oh, apparently, uh, if you want to check out the uh, the Gorby Two Discord, uh, Gator's got all his props in there. So uh, yeah, I guess that's Are up you... to Dan. It's Discord Dan that's got to go check that. But uh, yeah, happy to have Dan in the comments. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, last week, I went with a backup tight end. Um, technically, the third string, but with Mark Andrews out, he was the backup. Josh Oliver over on receiving yards at seven and a half. It hit. You only got one pass, but it hit. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well with the backup tight end, at least uh, based on how underdog is setting up the lines. Logan Thomas, more receiving yards than John Bates at eight and a half receiving yards. And one of the things I went and looked up was Bates' uh, rookie last season. I want to see their careers together. When both Logan Thomas and Bates have played games. What has, how has that affected Bates production? Six games they've played together in four of those games. Bates has hit over eight and a half yards. Only two of those games. He didn't. I looked at the 11 games where Bates played without Logan Thomas. He's only six over and five under. So much closer when Logan Thomas doesn't play. So it almost seems like less attention. Maybe maybe that helps there where even if Logan Thomas is in the game, he's not going to get every single snap. He's not going to get every single target to the tight end. So Logan Thomas being there might be what's keeping Bates line so low. And I want to take advantage of that. So I'm going with John Bates higher than eight and a half receiving yards, hoping that the backup tight end strategy pays off two weeks in a row. Nice. Um, And then, uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you got to uh, join the discord chat. Got to like and subscribe, hit the alerts, and the promo <laughs> pin lives. That's Dan. Getting to Dan prop. A kicker prop. We haven't done too many kicker props, but uh, he has uh, Joey Sly at 
higher than one and a half extra points. So banking on Washington scoring two touchdowns. One and a half extra point. That's we had it. We had a kicker prop, but we had field goal props. I don't think we ever had an extra point prop. Yeah, yeah. So I I noticed that, and that was interesting. So we'll see if uh, if Sly hits that. So again, Doc and Gladys both going with Gibson receiving props. I'm going with John Bates. Uh, Dan with Sly, and then uh, our guest Yeti, who had to leave, unfortunately. Uh, who we were really grateful he joined us. But yes, Quez Watkins lower than his 12 and a half receiving yards. And yeah, uh, I guess it's a, a minute to game time. So we're actually getting this on time. Jeff will be really happy. Um, <laughs> so but- when I, now, since we have uh, Discord Dan in the chat, there's one thing that uh, I thought of when I was in the, the Maldives, like that's relatively close to Australia. So one of the things I had no idea about is. They had a lot of like steaks that came from Australia that they flew in. And I have to tell you, like they were absolutely amazing. So like I I was just thinking about like, you know, Dan's over in Australia, you know, probably enjoying some of that like delicious Australian beef, which uh, parenthetically gave me an idea that, you know, for his OnlyFans account, maybe that could be the new name for his OnlyFans account. Uh, But, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. So Dan, I hope you're, uh, hope you're enjoying the time over there and the land down under. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you back soon. Yeah. Thinking about you, buddy. Um, Maybe not thinking about you in an OnlyFans way, but uh, um... (laughs) I'm not, but I'm sure somebody out there is. (laughs) The beard, right? It's all about the beard. But uh, I think it makes sense, right? Like, how many how many steakhouses in the United States are called the Outback, outback right? Steakhouse, right? So <laughs> it may, never it may sense that they actually are good at making steak. But, it never um, occurred to me. Like, yeah, of course. There's no Outback in the States, I, I assume, right? I, I, my U.S. geography is not that great, but I, I don't think I missed that. Um, but anyway, just something to, to touch on. So this is week 10, and we had the two Monday night games week two. So we've had, up to this point, uh, I guess 11 opportunities or, or yeah, up to this point, 10 opportunities This will be our 11th opportunity to go perfect. And we've got a 10% success rate in that. We've only, we've done it four times. Doc's done it three of those times. He did it week one, <laughs> week three. And then with something happened last week though, two of us went perfect last week. So Doc and I both went three for three, both took the Ravens. Uh, they both, we both took lower and Actually, everyone took the lower, so everyone got that one. And then, yeah, our props hit through. Uh, Gladys, you got your prop as well. So you went uh, two for three, so uh, better week there. Uh, Doc still leads at 27 and three. Dan at 16, 11 and three. I'm close to Dan, 14, three and three. And Gladys at 11, six and three. So Doc's still leading the way, but we're all kind of catching up and keeping You guys, it close you guys to... are there, and, and the bottom could drop out at any time. This could be it, you know? So. That's why I'm in, I'm in, I'm enjoying it while I can because I know the worm is going to turn and the regression to the mean could be could be quick and painful. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's actually good. We've gone more times. We've gone perfect for instances than we have gone zero for three. We've only done that three times collectively. Two of those are my fault. So blame me. <laughs> um, yeah, that Patriots Bears game was bad. Uh, but yes, uh, hopefully this uh, episode was good. Uh, Gladys is on Twitter at Gladys L Tyler. Uh, the doc is at TFS doc. That stands for the fantasy sports doc. Uh, of course you could uh, find links to doc's book there and Gladys, uh, she shares a lot of her, uh, content, whether she's writing for going for two or elsewhere. And uh, of course, check out all really the great going for two live shows. Really good stuff. I, I, your article every week, what is it? Remind the audience what it, what it's called. It's like the only start set article you need or something like that. What is it called? Oh, the better than the start. It's just idea. The better than the start sit article, start sit article. Yeah, that. 
Like <laughs> that is that's true. That article is great. I look forward to that every week. Thanks. Gotta love SEO scores needing more words. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, uh, how do you like this for a title? And I'm like, oh, it sounds great. That's good. No, definitely Jeff. He was, he was, that's what, he, that's why I have to figure out like the, for my CFL articles, like you go in, what's the headline score? Okay. Keep adding words until the headline score goes up. Uh, that's, that's courtesy of that. Uh, but yes, uh, the big boss, Jeff, he sets up so many, which great thing. This, this going for two live network, there's shows every night of the week, uh, including Jeff's uh, armchair fantasy show, which uh, I know, uh, I guess this week's a normal armchair show, but next week, I think they'll be doing their DFS show instead of on the Friday on the armchair show main show wednesday is because of, of the american thanksgiving which i guess for americans is weird to hear american thanksgiving you just say thanksgiving but <laughs> you know, canadian influence there uh shout out to the scott fishbowl which i will be making the playoffs in so got to 13 Yay. wins this week uh, unless of course brian robinson scores 90 it was a 96 points um three and so, out baby uh, or 86 Damn. points something so oh, hope, i don't think that'll happen lower. If, if, if I mean, to be fair, you two are probably hoping that because if he scored 86 points, it means Gibson's probably getting nothing. So, yeah, uh, I doubt that's happening. Sorry Brian to worry you there. Scores 86 points. It was not meant – your your playoff berth <laughs> in Scott Fishbowl was not meant to be. You can take well, that as, as from God directly. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I think I might still get in on the aggregate because I, I put up like 184 this week. So I, I'd imagine that gets me uh, – the average and gets me that, that 13th win anyway. So, uh, but yes. I, I was told there'd be no math. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it's the two-point conversion Monday pregame show. And we'll be back next Monday, of course. Uh, on behalf of Doc, on Gladys, and Gladys, sorry, our guest, Yeti. I'm, I apparently can't speak. Uh, I'm like the, the elusive Yeti. Uh, I, I just Jared, Jared Good, the Yeti. B-League, yes. delicious Australian beef. Discord Dan, the promo pimp. Dan, the B-League. And yes, uh, thank you to everyone in the chat, which includes Dan. Uh, Gator is in there. Uh, Buddy, Eric, uh, everyone. Appreciate thank that. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for watching. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Yes. See you Enjoy next the week. games. Good luck. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Bye for now. <laughs>